Axis Mundi. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. What's up, y'all? Brad here with some exciting news to share with you about Straight White American Jesus. As you've probably noticed, we now have ads on our shows. And honestly, it's a way for us to keep the lights on and keep doing this show as we've been doing it for the last couple of years. I'm in a new place in life. I've stepped away from my full-time position uh, as a professor And uh, those ads simply are just a nice financial revenue stream. However, I know for some of you, ads are not your favorite thing. And so uh, if you would like to both help support us here at Straight White American Jesus and enable us to keep doing the show as we've been doing, and you would like an ad-free experience, then all you have to do is go to the links in the show notes for today, and you can sign up either for a monthly uh, premium ad feed uh, membership, or you can sign up for the entire year. If you sign up by the end of September and you use the promo code SWAG for a monthly membership or SWAG year for an annual membership, you can sign up for a deeply discounted rate. For the month, it's only $1.99, or if you pay for the whole year, it's only $42 for the entire year. You'll help us out tremendously and you'll get an ad free experience. Check it out. Welcome to American Jesus. My name is Ishii Arsh, who is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center at UCSB. And I'm joined today by Dr. Liliana Mason, who is uh, an associate research professor at the SNF Agora Institute and is a faculty in the Department of Political Science at Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Mason is the author of Uncivil Agreement, How Politics Became Our Identity. That's with the University of Chicago Press and also has a new book coming next year. Dr. Mason has been published seemingly all over the American Political Science Review, American Journal of Political Science, Public Opinion Quarterly, also been featured in many places, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, and NPR. Just say, Dr. Mason, thanks for taking the time to join me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. We are here today to talk about a brand new article, Activating Animus, the Uniquely Social Roots of Trump Support, and that was published in the American Political Science Review with your co Julie Ronsky from the University of Mississippi and John Kane from New York University. As soon as I saw you post about the article on Twitter, I was I wanted to just see if there was any way to have you on, uh, even though I know you have a very busy summer and a, and a lot going on. And one of the reasons is just this Twitter thread where you really elaborate on conclusions that y'all draw in this article. So we will get there. But for me, as somebody who spends his weeks and his hours and seemingly too many of his hours thinking about things like what animates Trump support? It's it's I I would say just it really just catches my eye is kind of novel and just uh, at this point incisive in a way that I had never really considered. Your work really did that, and so I'm very thankful for just the kind of uh, perspective that y'all bring in this article. So, can I just begin here? What type of research did you and your co-authors do for act- activating animus? Like, how did you collect data? You know, for the layperson to understand how it is you sort of arrive conclusions. What is the kind of thing you do as a researcher? Yeah, well, so we're very lucky because the the Democracy Fund sponsors a a publicly available survey called the Voter Study Group, and anybody can actually access this data online. And what they did was they interviewed many thousands of people in 2011 
and then started re-interviewing those people in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, this year, last year, this year. So they're, they, they're continuing this, and that's called a panel, when you interview the same people over and over again. And the nice thing about a panel is that if you see changes over time, you know that it's because these people's minds are changing, not because it's a different sample of people. So we really thought that this would be a useful data source because it's almost like a time machine. You can go back to 2011 before Trump was really a major political figure and and then sort of look at the, the types of characteristics of people before Trump was around that predicted or that were highly correlated with their feelings towards Trump in 2018, so after she'd been president for, for almost two years. And so we were really just looking for patterns to see, you know, what are the patterns of, you know, what are the things that are the best at predicting Trump support in the future? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I love this, the, the idea of a time machine effect where you have the same folks and you can really track how their attitudes have or have not changed. One of the conclusions you draw in the article, and I'll quote here, and board Democratic link groups in 2011 predicts future support for Trump, regardless of party identity. You help us non-specialists, non-academics understand what that means. Yeah. So, so these feelings toward these are, these were reports, self-reported feelings towards African-Americans, Hispanics, LGBTQ plus Americans and Muslims. And, and so these people who felt negative feelings towards these four groups in 2011 were more likely to support Trump in 2018. But that effect occurred among Republicans and Democrats, and especially among independents. So obviously the overall level of Trump approval among Democrats is lower than anybody else, but it's the people who had negative feelings towards these groups in 2011 still had significantly higher approval of Trump by 2018 than people who had warm feelings towards these groups, for instance, even in the Democratic Party. Which we found a pretty astonishing because usually not much moves partisans, right? Republicans feel what they feel, Democrats feel what they feel, but this was actually something that was moving people across time. Well, I mean, what, what really caught my eye here was something that I think some of us have felt or perceived for, for a long time, but did not have the data to back this up, which is that Trump's turnout, the Trump coalition is, is this group who seems unique. It, it's not it's not a Republican group. It's not a party identified group. It's something else, and yet did not have the data or the language perhaps to kind of zero in on what it was. And so, I mean, this leads me to, to a bunch of things. I, I want to turn to your truly noteworthy and I think alarming Twitter thread about the article. You elaborate on your findings and draw some, some pretty arresting conclusions. And first, it seems that what you're saying is there's a correspondence between folks who really like Trump in 2018 and then in 2000 than really have animus towards or dislike of black folks, racial minorities like Muslims, folks who are part of the LGBTQ plus community and uh, Hispanics. So I'll just play devil's advocate really quick, not to be, be glib, but is that just a statement about the GOP in general? How is this just different, you know, in the data than just the run of the mill GOP Republican kind of voter? Yeah, that was one of the most fascinating things that we found, actually, which is that this relationship only exists for Donald Trump. So if you and we're predicting the the relationship between these two time periods, we're controlling, basically controlling for partisan identity and age and gender and all of the other demographic things. 
So we're holding constant all of these things that normally predict approval of Republican figures or the Republican Party. And what we found was holding all those things constant, this animosity in 2011 predicts approval of higher approval of Trump in 2018, but it does nothing to predict approval of the Republican Party in general or Mitt Romney or Paul Ryan. So that's, these were just the, thing, the people that we had in the survey to, to measure against. But basically, it, cre- it was this really standout effect where, you know, just regular, regular Republicans, there's, there is, once you take into account their Republican identity, this animosity doesn't actually predict much, right? But even taking into account Republican identity, this animosity in 2011 has this really strong relationship with Trump approval. And he's unique. In all of the political figures and the political parties that we tested, Trump was uniquely attracting this particular group of people, almost sort of like a lightning rod, right? He wasn't creating them. He was, he was drawing, you know, previously people who already held these attitudes. He was attracting them, corralling them into one particular political group around him. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, Become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise. 